Hey, this is Sean Leary, and this is QC Uncut, Uncut, Unedited, Uncensored Podcasting. We're here at City Church in downtown Rockham, or downtown Davenport, uh, for the Culture Chat. I'm policing as part of alternating currents. We're listening now to Mike Cribs, who is the host, and we're going to start recording and present it in its entirety. Thanks for tuning in. Beautiful, beautiful church. want to thank you guys for that. Um, I want to thank everybody that's a part of this. And um, let's get to it. So I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves because I can't do you any justice. But first, I just want to say I look up to all you guys. I look up to all you guys. You guys are notable men in the community. And um, it's an honor to sit here and have this panel discussion and try to find some solutions for our community. So if you want to introduce yourself, just quick 30 seconds. Tell people your profession. And um, we can start with... You guys think we okay? <laughs> All right, so uh, my name is Anton Taylor. Um, currently, I hold two different positions. I work with uh, our work for Family Resources. Um, it's also known as Annie Whitmire. Um, I'm kind of, I don't know my exact title, so I just tell people special projects. Basically, I'm responsible for training the new staff that's coming in as residential counselors. I teach uh, RC basics. Uh, which is residential counselor basics um, and then also I'm uh, trained in trauma-informed care level one and level two which I teach as well and then I just recently this year started at Grant Wood Elementary in Bettendorf as a uh, behavior <coughs> excuse me behavior interventionist um, I've known Mike since we were kids I've known of Leonard you know uh, since I was a kid and I've you know, heard about Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Ray's first is kind of what I heard about the, the food shop. So, I mean, he's saying that he looks up to all of us. I don't even know if I'm worthy of sitting on the stage to tell the truth. So, uh, all Quad City's legends, um, just some, some good guys. Um, and I just, I'm humbled that Mike even reached out to me and asked if I would be a, a part of this. So, so thank you for having me and thank you guys for sitting and listening to me. Uh, my name is Lonnie Westerfield. I'm known as Lonnie Ray. Uh, uh, Self-employed for about 30 years. I did restaurant, lawn care, stuff in your Now I'm currently on a beauty supply store. We got one of your largest beauty supply stores in the area. We just purchased another building, uh, which is, used to be the old greatest grade building. So our goal there, we're gonna make it like a mini mall. So. And so we're talking about uh, discussions of the issues that we're talking about. We're going to explain to you a little bit why this is so important also. So we like to make history. Uh, we have a youth center. It's called uh, Lonnie Ray's Academy. So we got our own youth center. Actually, I just got done training some kids on my way over here. I had to cut it short uh, and get over here. So uh, Mike reached out to me. Appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I believe that I had to be here to... Uh, since uh, one of my mission is to uh, change the betterment of the community. So that's one of the things I think that I've been to, uh, uh, that's my calling. And I know 100% that's my calling. It's, it's something that I feel good every day waking up and doing. And that's what I do every day. And we get further on in that discussion. Thanks. Thank you, sir. My name is Leonard Overstreet. Uh, lived all my life. I grew up in the same communities that we're about to talk about. Someone came a legend in that community. And I just want to try to give something back. You know, we all make bad decisions, but we have a right to change. And we have to show what, our, what we're doing that we change, not with our mouth. That's what's my meal, because I want to think of a better way to do something for us all. This is the Quad Cities. This is all I know. I don't know Chicago. I don't know New York. And it's to the point now where even I'm afraid to walk around. And it's time for us to come out and talk, man. It's just that simple. We have to come out and come out of our comfort zone. And that's why I'm here. To reach back. So the people that we can't reach, I can go back and talk to them. To the kids that we're running around doing things that have no business, stealing cars. Carrying guns. I've done that. I changed my life. 
through the grace of God because uh, only God could have changed me. Couldn't have, couldn't have prison system, couldn't have, no prison system, no change me. God had to come into my life to change me. And I'm living proof that uh, if you're willing to allow him to change, he'll change you. I've been knowing these young men for years. I've been knowing all these guys. Yes. And uh, I have respect for every last one of them. I have respect for everybody that comes here because because you're here, show me that you really want to change and help our community. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you. So let's jump right into it. Um, since you got the mic, Lonnie Ray, you can answer the first question. <laughs> um, I want to start it off just briefly, maybe two or three minutes. What is the state of our community in the quad cities as of right now? What do you see? Uh, the state that we're in right now, we're in a dangerous state. Never seen it this way before in my whole entire life. I have a lot of visions, even when I uh, give an example. And usually I can see something. I mean, I can see something. When I'm designing our building, now, my wife's telling you I'm gifted. I'm the one going to put the colors together. I see it before it even get done, okay? I don't know if everybody else do that or what. I don't know. Uh, I don't have a vision of seeing this where it's changing. Why do you feel that way? It's uh, it's something way beyond me and you. It's way beyond you guys. We're talking about laws. We're talking about school systems. They're not designed in any way whatsoever to make changes. Every change and every move they're making is against everything that's capable of making things change. Every decision. We close down schools in the community. Worst thing you can ever do in it. You can't even think about it. Saying that you're even on a mind of changing something in a community and close down school. That's just absurd to me. You're talking about JB. JB, Lincoln. This stuff been going on in this consistent. So what does that do when they shut down the schools in our community? Well, the most important thing that you need is education. Education is what tackles the problem that you have. You begin to educate kids about life. You begin to educate kids about themselves. You educate kids about finances. And you give them the ability to earn, learn things. And that's how they're going to make the change about knowledge. And we always, whenever you read a history book and anybody tell you something, they say, knowledge is power, right? So if we're taking knowledge away from kids that are in our community, we're taking schools away, we make it harder for them, it's almost humanly impossible. But not that I don't see the vision of things changing. I mean, it's bad. When I tell you it's bad, it's bad. And I'm telling you, it's terrible. We're headed into a position that I've never, and neither one of us, we do not want to see it. Okay? The only thing that I have hope for, and especially that we're here in the Quad Cities, we're a little bit blessed because our communities are a little bit smaller. We have to individually build our own community up. And it must be, and I'm telling you about the black community. That's what I'm talking about too, because that's what I work for. They're in heart, they're in need. Anybody that comes and want to be a part of it, that's fine. But I'm gonna tell you what's in jail. The black community is in must danger. We got kids that, if I can go on, but. No, go ahead, go ahead. We got kids at the age of 12 years old running around guns, man. Yeah. And we got a law now that's keep opening up the gun laws. We don't, we can't control them, man. We cannot have people running around here with guns, man. There's no way that we're gonna cause the problem and end it there if we got people, and it's getting more and more. So in another year, people, it's now, they're gonna be running around on their side. Yeah. They're doing it now, going in the stores. So that's a big issue. We cannot allow that to keep going on. So once we, we, we will say we want to do something, but our laws and the way we do things says the other thing. So we got a big battle that we're facing. And also, we, we, we're going to talk about schools. I have a basketball program. 
I'm with kids every day. I, like I told you, I just, every day. It's not once a week. Every day. And I see what's going on with these kids, I'm telling you. And we're talking about a school. Imagine a school with a kid for eight hours a day. Pay attention. And when they're in school for eight hours a day, you know, and everybody else say, oh, it's in the home, it's in the home. No, it's in our community. It's not. Home has nothing to do with it. If I have a kid for eight hours a day and he goes to school, I give him enough information where even if he go to a dysfunctional home, he'll make that dysfunctional home, right? I give enough information, he'll go make that dysfunctional home, right? I give enough information for eight hours a day that he'll be able to go home and he'll go give some information to mom and dad that don't even know no better. If you give him eight hours a day, that's a lot of time. So you get out of school, you go home. How many, how long are you at home? You eat dinner, you go over school work, everybody go to bed, in the morning you go. So you'd be lucky with your kid for five or four or five hours a day, right? So who's spending more time with the kids, the school system? Spend more time than we do. <laughs> so it's not doing its job. And you can't sit here and tell me that it is. It's, right. it's a fact. So Anton, I would like you to answer that same question too. Um, what is the state of our community in the Quad Cities? I mean, I'll say everything that he just said. Uh, it's the same way of thinking. Um, I've been here, you know, the majority of my life. I've, I've lived in other places, born in Rockford, been here since I was three is when we moved down here. So uh, to me, this is home, right? Lived in Memphis for a very short period, um, stayed in the Chicago suburb. At 42, I've spent 30 plus years in Davenport. Uh, and we were just kind of talking even earlier, me and Leonard, uh, and I said to you, you know, this, this is not the Davenport that I know. You know, right. I know uh, my mom, when I was a kid, she was afraid for us. And we'd be like, oh, mom, don't worry about it. You know, um, now as a parent, I have those same fears that my mom has. Right. But to me, I feel like they're more justified even than way back then. I talk to people who are from Davenport, and I say all the time, you know, shootings seemed like they were further and few and fewer in between yeah. when we were younger. Yeah. And there was a lot of shooting in the air. Just to let you know, I got it. I said, what? What was more prevalent back then was you'll get a brick through your, your front window, right? We would brick windows rather than shooting them, where I, where I truly feel like nowadays, like these kids are really trying to kill each other. And it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, uh, we'd go to the, the events, you know, the skating rink, off limits, thumpers, whatever. There'd be fights, but, you know, we may see each other next weekend. We'd be cool again. Right. You know, where now, like I said, it's, it's I have kids uh, that I work with. And the city is not big enough for that. I can understand it in places in Chicago, you know, where maybe you don't kind of get outside of your city blocks. But there's places here in, the, in Davenport like that, that the kids don't can't go to. And I'm like, that's crazy. This this is we don't even have that much land mass, you know, for for you not to be able to. to there was never any neighborhood in Davenport that I did not feel like I could walk through as a kid. Not because I was the biggest, baddest man, but because I knew somebody. Right? Or I knew somebody who knew somebody that I knew. Mm -hmm. You know, I could drop a name and say, you know, well, you, you, met, you don't know me, but you know my cousin so and so. Right. And that's he, community. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and he would get the pass to be able to walk, walk mm -hmm. through there. So um, what I'm seeing, and, and I tend to, uh, because of the work that I do and the, 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 the training I've gotten through my job, is I tend to look at things from more of a, uh, a trauma standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I hear a lot of the times, you know, when I'm having conversations, at a guy at the Y tell me the other day in the sauna, that's kind of all you talk about. I can't really do the small talk, you know, when 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 not only this community, but the whole world, right? The whole the country, the whole world is in turmoil. Yeah. I can't sit and talk to you about the weather, you know, when there's so many social uh, problems going on. Um, I don't have the answers. Right. Uh, but so, I know so what, what does social justice look like for well, us I, in the Quad I feel like... And I feel, again, you know, I'll, I'll echo the same thing in the sense that it's a small community. I, I don't think we're too far gone that we can't reel it back in. But I think, you know, if, 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 if the country is not willing to, if we just as a community were willing to put focus on poverty, drug addiction, and, and mental illness, mm -hmm. 
we might just see a decline right. in criminal activity. Right. You know, I, I mean, I can, I can almost take any criminal activity and tie it to one of those three things. Like I said, whether it be mental illness, you know, whether it be uh, uh, drug abuse or drug addiction or poverty. You know, um, I'm hopeful still. The, the, the grayer this beer gets, <laughs> the less hopeful I become. Right. Because it seems like things are getting worse. You know, like Lonnie Ray said, when I first started in the field that I'm in, um, the typical age of the kids I was working with was were 17 and 16. Mm-hmm. When it dropped down to 15 and 14 year olds, we're all like, wow, you know, this is young. Right. You know, but now we're seeing, you know, 12 and 13 year olds. And, and and even the, the mental capacity of a 12 and 13 year old, like it, to me, that's scarier than any adult ever owning a gun. Right. Right. Because that 13 year old, that 12, 13 year old can't even envision past the tip of their nose. They may know the consequences, but they don't know the full extent of the consequences of, of their actions. Right. You know, right. so, so like I said, I, I am hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless or, you know, uh, uh, Full of myself in the sense that I do believe that as bad, as bad as this community, and when I say the community, I'm talking about you know Quad Cities or Davenport or whatever. Right. As bad as it can seem at times, I do believe that genuinely we still do have a good community of people who who want to see want to see some type of change. Some change. Yes. Right. You know. Right. Um, but we don't have enough people. Right. Right. We don't have enough people out there getting uh, putting the work in. We're getting ready to, to pump more money into a, a juvenile detention center. And like I tell the kids, you know, I'm like, anytime a kid leaves, I always tell them, you know, now what's your plan, right? How do you, what's your plan to not end up back in a place like this in residential? Because I don't want to see y'all like this, you know? Yeah. But we can't have y'all out here willy nilly stealing cars and shooting at people too. Absolutely. What are we supposed to do with you? Yeah. Where are we supposed to put you? And you know what, that brings me to, I, I want to ask you a different question. Mr. Overstreet, how do we teach our youth to interact with the police? Because I know at times when we wake up in the morning, we see the headlines and um, it's police brutality. And we have to um, train our children to interact with the police. How do we go about doing that? Personally, uh, or what suggest? What what advice would you have? Like I am, a black man, African American. You want to cut your white people? We're human. We're human people. We're human. Everybody's different. Regardless of anybody, we're all different. Every police officer is not bad. All blacks are not ghetto. All whites are not trash. We have to learn to deal with each individual as you come. When that, when you come face to face with an individual, give them respect. Perfect respect. Everybody, that's a given that God tells everybody to give. Everybody gets respect. Now, when you don't respect that one, then everything goes haywire. Our kids must first learn that all cops are not bad cops. But, but all kids don't see that. But at the same time, we know how, I didn't even cut you off, but we know how our kids react when they see the police. You know, that's the media. That's the media. When the media I, I, I can't speak against all for the blackness. Be straight down there, you like everybody knows me. Police have a job to do. Some of them overdo it. Okay. But you got these kids, perfect example. Less than years at the mall, telling them all about out there. You kids out there running around, fighting each other, running crazy. I'm like, are you serious? I know your mom. Man, sit down. But the kids are just running around having a field day. And the police practice real patience with them. I don't think I could have. We have to communicate. What we don't do in our community as adults is reach out. We have to reach to our kids too. We have to tell our kids we're so busy doing, we're working, we're trying to provide for our families and do the right things to out the way that we're completely out the way that we're, we're even in our communities. We spend our whole life working to take care of our kids. We don't even know our kids. Actually, a kid person thinks about you, they do everything about you, they spend the rest of all their life watching you. They watch mom and dad, aunts and uncles. So that time from, you know, away from our children, is that what is affecting, or are they acting out? The media 
it's a big, it's a big old skip of things. You got this music out here, this music, you know. Uh, then you know, everybody want to prove to be somebody. And and this, when I grew up, you didn't have to be a thug. Right now, everybody's glorifying being a thug, a handsome thug. I'm a bite, no disrespect, bisexual. You know, all that stuff was, you know, it was all swept quietly behind. Now it's on the front line, front line. I'm a thug, my pants sagging, I'm gay. And it just blows my mind. Somehow, we have allowed our kids to make a deal with the devil. Mm. They're, doing, they're trying to build the penitentiary. With, they're throwing rocks. I'm, I'm going to steal a car. I'm carrying a gun. I got weed. They're, throwing their, they're making their own wall for their own penitentiary. And the thing about all I can try to do is make sure they understand what's in the penitentiary. Being the person that I've been, I've been there. I was 20 years old when I went away. I was number two, three in the country. I made all the contract. I chose the wrong road to go down, and I lost my life. God gave me CPR and brought me back. And I made promise to God that had I come home and make it home safe, because I was in a place where it was so it was bad. It was so bad that it changed my life. I seen what goes on in there. These scared, scared, scared straight programs. These kids are not dumbs. These kids are advanced. When we grew up, we were a little green. These kids know what you can and can't do. Right. I'll call the police on you. You whip me out, you smack me, I'm gonna call the police. Okay, well, I'm back up. And on the other hand, fuck the police, excuse me, forget the police. Oh, you see what I'm saying? We're, we're at a time where they was, we're, we're, we're in trouble. If we don't do something besides talk about it, we're in trouble. Absolutely. We have to do more than talk. Real quickly, guys, I'm throwing a, I'm trying to get a, a walk and talk September 4th. If anybody wanna be involved, please reach out to our Facebook page. It's gonna be September 4th. I'm trying to get it for uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. I've been talking to a lot of dudes in Rock Island, and we're just trying to get to Rock Island to walk halfway across the bridge and meet Davenport guys. We're gonna walk and shake hands. I'm talking about dudes that grew up in the so-called hood and everything. I'm, bringing, I'm trying to get the hood to come out so we can just sit down and talk because when someone gets shot, regardless of how anybody feels, well, you don't live in that neighborhood, and that infects us. You can live in Bentonville, or you can live in Elmhurst, wherever. When someone gets shot or killed in this area, we get scared because we all have to come in this area. And it's, right now, it's all over. It's not just in the hood. It's going up Kimberly. It's going down Lumpus. It's all over. It's, it's crossing all borders right now. So we all need to get involved, man. Absolutely. We can either get involved here, or we can all be in the funeral of the police department trying to figure out what happened. So I want to ask this question to you, Mike. Can I, uh, okay, you want to expound on that? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I think it's an important issue that we have to to. You were talking about, uh, and this is pretty simple. Uh, you asked a question. You said something about the post police brutality and all that's going on. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna talk to my kid about the police brutality. That ain't happening. I'm not worried about the police. <laughs> we never talking about how if you get stopped by police, what you do. That ain't his job. He got some other things in life to learn. We can't talk about and try to tell our kids what they need to do when other people have problems. That's not our problem. That's their problem. Sometimes explain we, that. Explain well, that. Sometimes we focus on other people's problems trying to change them. We have problems ourselves to change and we get off target of changing our own problem. So if we can change our own problem, it's going to change anything that we come in contact with and how to deal with it. So you're so saying the focus, too much focus is on, on the police? Police and everything else. And not our own. On police, on people being racial, give a damn. They want to be racial, let it be racial. I'm not going to tell my kid about racial people. What I'm going to tell my kid is about things he needs to know in life. So we put him in position so when he comes and he comes involved in something, he's going to have simple, simple, and it's so simple, rules of life that he'll be able to handle. They're very simple. So instead of trying to change people for what they're doing, you have to position yourself, put the kids in position to accept certain things. Okay, let's talk about, we're going to say this, this is, this goes with this. Mm -hmm. So we got Derek and we got Puppy, whoever's in office, who gives it here? A law don't change. It really doesn't matter what law change. 
I can adjust myself to wherever the law is. Mm. It doesn't matter. Well, some people don't see it like that, Bill, because they keep fighting the law. They keep fighting the wrong people instead of fighting what needs to be changed. And we talk about now, some people would say, I don't mean to cut you off, but, and, and everybody can weigh in on this. Is there such thing as white privilege? Because we hear this thrown And it's going to always be. And when you're going to change it, it's never going to change. Never. Why you feel like that? Look, there's too much power ahead of you. We got talking about people that's getting up and coming out with medicines. We got people flying up in space. It's too much money involved. It'll never happen. We're not worried about white privilege. We're not worried about people being racist. All we worry about is putting kids in better positions so they can change. And years later, as they grow up, it takes time. Things will change piece by piece. And you have to start in building your community economically because the United States is built on money, nothing else. And if you don't learn the kids how to build their community up financially, no matter what they have, they'll never be able to keep up. And we talk about generational wealth. I do things where I see people generate your wealth, just take There's no way I can compete. Do you feel like the school system and anybody can win in, in, in on this? <laughs> you got a question? Can you get in? Because that up there is not representing what the discussion is about. What do you feel like the discussion should be about, sir? Concerning the police and concerning everything else, this is a systematic issue. And it's been going on for generations. Mm -hmm. And yes, we need to teach our kids what this thing is about. Generation, when you talk about generational wealth, how is it that black people are so on the downside mm -hmm. of, the economy, of the economy, all we're doing is fighting for a level playing field. Right. So is that white privilege? Yes, it is. So. And yes, you make them aware of what it is that they have to go up against in society. Because this fight that we have right now is the same fight that our great grandparents and everybody else is having. Mm -hmm. So first of all, we're discussing it with the wrong people. We need to be talking to each other first, concerning our kids, concerning our community. Because see, at this point, I even question those that call themselves our allies. You understand what I'm saying? I question our allies because we need to be in covenant with each other as black community to deal with what we're dealing with right now. Because we're on the cusp of seeing something happen in legislation with our voting rights getting ready to get kicked back a hundred something years. Something that our great grandparents and everything, everybody fought for. For us to be able to vote, we're not even covering nothing in here right now. What, what do we do? We need to, oh, hang on. What do we do as individuals not as a collective, what can we do as an individual to start to make a change? We are in the process right now, quality boots on the ground. We are getting ready to start. I've been in contact with several community leaders and community individuals. We are gonna have a state of the black union of the Quad Cities. Come February, we're shooting for it. Because until we get it together with each other, we can't expect nobody else to respect us. I don't care what your religion is, what your nationality or religion is, I don't care if you're gay, whatever. We as black people need to learn to come together, period, before we can deal with anything and everything outside of us. Because what I'm hearing up there, that's offensive. Huh. Because that does not speak for the black community. What I'm hearing comes from up on the stage right now. Are we talking because we, it's an opinion. We need to get this together, and our conversation needs to be one conversation as we get ready to deal with society and put us on the map. That's right, but this is what I'm asking, uh, Danny. What can we do as individuals? We need to learn to come together and respect each other and sit down and talk about this collectively. That's the first goal. That's what the state of the black union is about. Us coming together as a people, sitting down, talking about, let's talk about our kids. Why is it our kids are out here acting like they act? Mm -hmm. Because see, there's a whole other perspective here. Because see, I'm like everybody else. My family's from here. 
I'm a cribs on the one side and my family owns the landscape business and I'm a Teague on the other side of the river. And I understand, I grew up, went to high school, college and everything here in Quad City. So when you say what Quad City is supposed to be about, I understand because we, I was growing up here. But one thing they're not questioning is, who they bringing in on these river, on these gambling casinos out here to, uh, out here in Davenport, over there in Bedendorf. Because when we see this stuff come up, then we start seeing cars and stuff come up missing. We start to see our kids. We don't have no chop shop here. So who's paying these kids? Where are these kids getting this stuff to come out here and start stealing cars? Are you talking about the, the, the car theft that's going on? The car theft, the shooting and things like that. We're almost in a miniature Chicago right now. Mm -hmm. I stayed in Chicago for 25 years. This is, this is miniature Chicago right now. What's going on? Would you agree that this starts in the home? Oh, 100%, 100%. Because understand what the family represents. The family represents everything. The community, family makes up the church, it makes up your mosque, it makes up everything. Family is number one. And if anybody's any type of spiritual, that is the first institution God ordained. I don't care if you take somebody out of something for however many hours, when they go back to this function, that's what they gonna live in. Right. So Let me ask you this. In, in, in our process with Boots on the Ground, Leonard was with us. Our thing was to get to the families because we can get to the kids. We was down there at the center where they were still in the cars. We were over there at the YWA uh, in Rock Island. But we could take the kids out of the situation, but they always went back home. So we had to start strategizing on how to get to these families. Even in the, the poverty task force with the Downport Community Schools. Then you get in there and you find out all kinds of things ain't doing what they're supposed to do because you feelings and different things concerning certain individuals in the school. But they have what it takes. He was right when he talked about the school. The school is set up to deal with the whole lot. But the people who are running it, that's what we're going to run into the problem. But I go back to us getting ourselves together first. And then we can dictate and control the narrative about how people deal with us. I think that's a good solution. I think that's a good solution that, that it needs to start with us. But I got to say this. Anytime we have a dialogue trying to find a solution, it's always a positive, guys. It's always a positive. We got to keep that in mind because we have a dialogue. We're trying to work things out. Did you have a question? No, I have a statement. You have a statement? Yes, sir. Involvement with as and far as like as far uh, as adults. So adults. An adult saying we're gonna put this together and then when the kids get there, it falls through. Well, they get there and it's there, but it's like the people who are there, this is legit from a kid, this is not from my opinion, this is from a child, 19 years old. He said, There's nobody there that wants to be there. They when we walk in, they already prejudge us and and look at us like they're gonna tear something up. Mm -hmm. So when they go in, there's nothing, they tear it up because nobody cares how they feel. Right. These kids are overly sensitive, way more sensitive than where we are because they're exposed to way more. Right. I mean, music, someone mentioned music, but the fact that they can look on their phone and see something that took us three days to see, they can see it right now in 25 yeah. minutes. So- It definitely has an effect. It does have an effect. Definitely so, has and, an effect. And, but, the, but from the kids' voice, which I wish there were some kids here right now, from the kids' voice, 
It's there's no engagement. There's nobody that is following through and actually putting themselves involved. And if you guys are all aware and from this area, mm-hmm. you guys all remember when we had the Coach Reese's and yes, Gary Parkers and all of them people, you know, Absolutely. we don't have those people around anymore to hold these kids accountable that are coming into the schools and stuff like that. We do So part of that is, is that that's our fault as parents. Yes. That's what I'm getting from what you're and, saying. And not just parents though, because a lot of these stuff, it's, it's a, there was a whole entire generation of people who dropped the ball who did not want to accept the responsibility to take care of the community. So at the end of the day, like, yeah, people that are, there's a certain age group of people right now that do need to come together right. and have that conversation that are saying, right. this is what we're going to do in the community for our youth. It's not about us adults, it's about the kids. So Absolutely. The real question is, who's asking the kids what's going on? Right, and I think that's the main question. Yeah, you know, who's asking the kids what's going on? Because, you know, like you said, we're dealing with a lot of depression, right? Um, mental illness, and I think all that stems from how you were raised. Right, uh, that's how I feel. Did you have something to say, sir? Yeah, I had a question. Uh, was it Danny? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the piece of legislation that was going to. Yeah, they are trying to take our vote from. That's the nationwide, yes. And what they're trying to do right now, as far as, uh, I I can't even say the Democrats, because it it is bigger, I guess. The filibusters are trying to stop it because they can stop all these states that have been trying to change all these voting rights for individuals in all these states. You have over 40 states at this time that are trying to stop people from getting to vote in certain areas of, of the country. And so they're pushing Biden. And this, this is what I'm talking about as, as a people. We need to get together and understand what's going on with us nationally and how it filters down to us locally. Because we are suffering on every level. And it's ignorance. Because some make it or do okay. That don't speak for the majority of people. Because understand, the vote is all we have. Well, that, that, that will that will guarantee that we have a level playing field. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Our vote is all we have that will guarantee we have a level playing field. As a people, I ain't talking about individuals that made it and, and can do with things like that because that don't speak to the majority. Now, I'm gonna play devil's advocate one, just, just, just one time. Some people say that our vote doesn't count. What do you say to those people? Too many people died in the 50s and 60s to say that. But you got people that say that. But and, and you got people saying ain't no heaven or hell. Either. Yeah, yeah. So what you have to say, Lonnie? Well, well. Once again, we we keep talking about some issues that if we're not in position, well, first of all, we got to be people in position that want to go out there and get them to vote for one, and then once again. That's where we begin. Do you know how many people that didn't vote? African American? So the first step is getting to the one, two, two, one of them. First thing. It's taking responsibility. Gotta get them in a position to want to vote. Because if you go and you change the voting law and we still get 10% turnout or whatever, what? So we went out and fought for what? How do we get, how, how do we get our young people to vote? How are you going to get people to go out and vote? He said that we got to deal with nationally, we got to deal with what? Things like that. Yeah. So what are you going to do start nationally or do you start locally? It's kind of like building out you build a formation or you put the roof on first. Which one do you want to put on first? Come on, man. It's simple stuff. You build it the community up, you build it economically up, you build it by businesses, you build it by building homes that people want to stay in, and people start living in your community and start to know each other. Everybody's happy, you're passing information. Economically, you build it up. That's what we build on America. It's not built on spirituality, it ain't built on nothing but economics. History is big. It's big. History is big. For some reason, I don't think you guys realize it. We're going 
we're living worse than what they were doing then. Slavery was part of history, but it wasn't a whole history of America. What I'm telling you is, when I grew up, my mom knew your mother, my mother knew your mother, your mother, we knew each other. We're in the same place, in the same area, and we don't even know each other's kids. You can't fault, we can't, we can't fault no one but ourselves. It's not the white man, not the Mexican man, not the, it's us, man. We have to, we can't common sense to the side. Somehow, we allow, we justify our actions by saying, because of this, because of that, but then we keep common sense to the side. Common sense says, man, we have to do something. We have to quit justifying and looking for a reason and have a difference. Just say, hey, this is what it is. Let's go this way, guys. Let's come together and come with a common goal, and let's get one voice for one reason, man. I, he got an explanation, he got a reason, he got a reason. And then we go to so, the explanation. And we all got different things there, but like, what, 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 what? So there's no unification? We, there's none. There, listen, when I grew up, my mother and your mother, your mother, and mother, we knew each other. Now our kids, we got people in the same family don't even know they got cousins. You got kids in my God, with their cousin in Davenport. And shooting at each other because we, for whatever reason you want to put in that blank, too busy, working, or whatever. We have to do something besides Have we failed our community? Have we failed our children? We're failing. There's always hope. As long as you live and breathe, you still have a chance. Okay, go ahead, Antonio. I kind of want to touch on something. I'm going to get to you in a second. This is an example of it. All right, because here becomes the thing, too, is as well as, you know, just because we all share the same skin color and may have shared experiences. We are not monolithic in our thinking, mm -hmm. right? Uh, uh, there's a lot of things, you know, with Leonard that I agree on, but there's going to be things that we disagree on as Absolutely. well. You know, um, as far as what you touched on with the the systemic, uh, it, definitely it's systemic. You know, but it kind of then gets to a point again where, you know, my whole goal with working with youth is is trying to point out where those pitfalls are where those detours are, right? Because if I know that there's a hole right outside of the front of my door, when I open that door, and if I fall in it and I know that hole's there, then whose fault is it? I didn't put the hole there. You know, the hole was put there too and, and snare me. But if I know that it's there, then I can use the back door, I can climb out of a window. It's systemic, but it's, it's one of those things as well where then it does come back to what you were saying, where we have to teach them as well, you still have a choice. And it may not be choices that you like. I mean, my, I think of my first job with my wife and we lived in, in, in an apartment out in Americana that was the size of this stage, the whole square footage of my apartment. Uh, and it was a rough four or five years, never had lived with a woman before, never stayed with a woman longer than six months and, and wasn't used to being broke either and working for pennies. I hated those choices. Tried to find every excuse to get out and be like, I tried, I tried. It just didn't work. My wife wasn't letting me go. <laughs> she didn't let me go. She held me to the fire and, and, and made me be the man that I promised her I was going to be before she got pregnant and raised my kids. But with that being said as well, these guys do have a choice. But again, for, for me, because I'm always coming from a trauma standpoint, it would be, it would be like passing judgment on, on a man who's on fire. And he's just running around crazy and screaming. And, and we'd be like, look at that dude. He's on, look at that dude. He's crazy. Running around, running into walls and stuff. We still have to address the fact that this dude's on fire. And put that fire out. Before he can have any type of logical thinking as well. And what I don't want is, what, or I, what I should say is, what I dislike sometimes with a lot of these discussions is, is it tends to be, well, this would fix the solution. Or this is the problem. It's not one thing. It's a combination of things. Absolutely. One of the one of the uh, things I've always said with working with residential is I'm working with these kids, and while these kids are in my care, this kid's gonna feel like he can accomplish anything because that's just the type of person I am. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pouring into him every single day, and things that he thought were were negative characteristics, I'm gonna show him how they're positive characteristics. You're able to bypass fear and go break in someone's house, not knowing what's on the other side of you, that's a, that's a CEO characteristic right there, because I don't have that same characteristic, which is why I'm not a Fortune 500 CEO. So, so with myself, like I said, 
I don't want it to, to, to come across. And for those who, sorry, my kid's calling me. They know where I'm at. <laughs> my fear becomes is I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that we as a community first have to come together and we have to almost like how the Black Panthers did. Right. They have what they're this is what we want. Because if you sat every single, and I respect every single one of y'all, and respect you, because I know the work you do and, and have done as well. But still, if you sat every single one of us in front of the person and said, all right, we're going to make a change today. Tell us what it is that you need. We'd all be saying different things. And I think that's the biggest problem. Right. So I, I, but I, what I do find is, and, and I'm more so, I, I see it you know, on a, 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 a global scale, right, or, or for a country. But I'm one person right. that lives in Davenport, Iowa. All I can do is, is first start here. I mean, we as a community have to ask ourselves, even if the rest of the world is not willing to change, what do we want Davenport to look like? Yeah. Right? What do we want the Quad Cities as a whole to look like? Yeah. And at least change what we can change and, and hope maybe that it catches on. But I, what I do know is, like I said, at least with all, these, all of you individuals as well, you all individually, and we all do what we do is completely different, but our end goal is all the same right. to impact youth in a positive way because we know that by impacting one generation, then it changes another generation as well. What I like I said, what I don't want to get caught up on, though, is that it's one single thing. Right. Um, the guy who's talked about the kids not being here. I tried to get a young man to come down here. He was Larry. He was like, who am I going to be sitting in front of? Who's going to be there? And then when I told him it was at a church, he ain't returned my text. <laughs> And what's going to end up happening, what's going to have to happen is we're going to have to go to where they're at, point blank. That's it. Because we can't have a discussion about how to help youth. And I'm looking around and I only see two, two youth here. Yeah. And I know their father. So I know he's given them what they need. Absolutely. The instruction that they need to be successful in life. So I want to ask this question. I need to cut you off, but... From a white person, what do you see when you look at the black community? Anybody can answer this question. It's, there's no right or wrong answer. Please be 100% honest. And just be honest because space. there's no right or wrong answer. This is an open discussion and we just, we're, we're, we're trying to find solutions. One of the things that struck me is that the two of you spoke, you had started speaking about the fact that there's no sense of community. And when I was younger, we, we all knew each other and everything. And you were speaking of the fact that this is all economic. Well, the reason why there's no family and no community is because people don't have that sense of being able to have one person go out and work and then mom's at home taking care of the kids because of the economic pressures. Okay, not mom, mom, one parent home, not to be, you know, but you know what I'm saying is that now you've got, in order to get by, you know, the parent, one parent might need to have multiple jobs, or both parents might need to have multiple jobs, and then you don't have that sense of community because the economic pressures are far greater than they were a couple, couple decades ago. And so it ties into one another where the economic pressures put the strain on that community, and it's difficult for parents and for families to have that. Right. It definitely exasperates it. Up. Yeah. I, again, you know, that's not a, a single cause, mm -hmm. right? Because both my wife and I work. You know, my wife works more hours than I do because she's a, a general uh, manager. Um, but I, I believe, you know, at least with my kids, they had two mentally, two mentally healthy adults in their household as well. It, it <laughs> and these parents are hurting. It makes sense. I, when I, so when I hear people too blame the parents, like I get offended. All right, because I mean. But I'll say to the parents, like when they say stuff about the kids, I'm like, well, we're the ones raising them, right? We're the parents of that generation. But they weren't, they didn't receive what they needed, whether it be from their parents, but then do we blame their parents or do we go back and blame their parents? Or do we go back and blame their parents and then do we go back and then blame the system so for trickling it all the way down, right? Right. We, we have to, there has to be, there has to be where, where we're doing work with with the kids, but it has to be with the families as a whole as well. Because like I said, with, in residential, if I get a kid right, and I've had kids who were, I had kids, the same kids who were out here stealing cars and shooting at each other in my program were sitting, they'd all read one page out of a book, no one made fun of anybody, they were doing a meditation group, 
and working out. Every single morning, I'd wake them dudes up at 7 o'clock in the morning. They was all doing the same. They was doing it. They bought into it. But my thing became is I can only keep them in those programs for so long. Then I got to send them same, back to the same environment. Back, so it's like plucking them out of the water. They're drowning. Right. I get them dried off, right? Pump the chest, get any of the, the, the fluids out of them, get them warmed up. They and then throw them back in. Throw them right back in the, the same troubled waters. We got one. You, you had a statement you want to make? Okay, go I, ahead. I actually want to backtrack for a quick second. Go ahead. Um, back when we had the, the protests out in Bettendorf, um, there was a meeting with the mayor. Um, and in this meeting, one thing that he said, and, and there's a purpose I'm, I'm mentioning this, is he said that there's a lot of organizations and everybody got a solution, but none of the organizations are working together to put the work. They're all butting heads. And so here's what I'm saying. Martin Luther King did his thing. It was successful for what he accomplished. Malcolm X did his thing. It was successful for what he accomplished. The Black Panthers did their thing. It was successful for what it accomplished. The dilemma is, can you imagine if instead of being stubborn and bullheaded, feeling like I have the answer, what all actually could have been accomplished if they all would have come together? One thing I like about the Black Panther Party is they went and they got the thugs. So my point here is, this is a place to find a solution not to buck and rear horns at one another because we all got the same common desire. And that is to see the Quad Cities flourish. Now, I also want to touch on something this young man said. He mentioned something about this. It, listen, there's an entirely, it's a, a, a whole generation missing. So what we find in, the, in our communities is we've got, um, you know, we got an older generation. So we're talking about the 50s, 60s plus. Right, and then we've got our younger generation, and the older generation are here trying to reel in this younger generation. But there's a whole generation right here, my parents, and their 30s and 40s. Well, I'm about 30, so let me rewrind. But about 40 plus, you know what I mean? They're, they're not there. So the, so the problem, they are about 32. But they, there's, a lot, there's a lot of men that I, I went to school with that I look on and exactly what you're saying, that 30 age, where instead of, instead of looking at themselves as that, that generation of people, they think they and it's us, looking at that generation of people, we're like, yo, we're going to actually school these kids. We're trying to be the kids. Yeah, and that's a big problem. That's a big problem. Frank, do you have any? Do you want to weigh in on, on this? Because I know you you, you got a lot to say. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I look up here and I hear people talk. I see four brilliant role models up there. Yeah. And the more that we can sell, so Lonnie's over here. When we ask kids at the Y, what do you want to be? Majority of them say, I want to be a rapper. I want to be a basketball player. So Ronnie, Lonnie's over here at the big gym where they come in and realize hard work. I find my potential through hard work. And we gotta incentivize and celebrate and say, way to get up, way to work hard. Anton's working with those kids every day, talking with them, what are your goals? How do you wanna get there? You're doing with music. I mean, honestly, I remember Ice Cube when I was in junior high, playing junior high. All right. I started to see all that thing. He had that album cover, Kill That Will. He had yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, what happened if that comes true? Well, here it is. Right. It is. Now these kids are like, I am not scared. Right. Anyway. right. So we have to listen to the kids. The number one thing I think is listening to these kids. That, that, that's the main thing is listening to these kids. And when they see us unify, they'll fall in line. Right. That's what I think is the main point. I mean, they gotta see connection and unity, and they gotta appreciate the brilliance of and the hard work that it takes to get to where you fellows are at. Absolutely. Because that's what it takes, and that's what it, the more they get in there watching with Brett and what he's doing with trying to show them how to take their thoughts in their head and turn them into a hip hop song and put it to a beat and put it on the internet and put it and make money, they realize, Absolutely. next thing you know, they got skills that can build an economics. So they right. can run, because I think part of the reason is they gotta see themselves in office. They gotta see yeah. people up there to vote so yeah. that they can see themselves yeah. Out there right now. There's a quote and it says, contagious, uh, uh, greatness is contagious. And I really believe that because we're all sports guys. If you have a child and you want him to flourish in sports, you want him to be around that. 
when you take a child to a Big Ten football game that loves football, his eyes light up and he can see himself on that field. Some children can't see themselves past their porch. But why? That, that's a good question. It's because, the, and, and everybody has basically mentioned it from the back with Danny and Mr. Ronnie and everybody, mm -hmm. the, the bulk of it is there needs to be a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. They can't see who they're supposed to be or who they actually are because of their perception. Right. You can't take, you, you are no longer not poor because you got a couple coins. Your perception has to change, and it's a paradigm shift. And how we help and assist is everybody pitching in. He said the question is individually. We all, when we have the opportunity, he said, pour into our youth, to pour into whoever is around you, to shift their mindset, their perception, so that they can see different. They can see the surroundings different. Therefore, we're able to go from local to national. They're in our local creating economical wealth, and now we're able to build them up so we can see the quiet cities we desire to see. Absolutely. Can I see it? Oh, I'm sorry. One second, Lonnie. How, do we have enough time? We still got, we got five minutes? Okay. No, you just asked, like, what you know, what we see when we look around here, and like honestly, like I came tonight because um, just like you know, we learn more and how you guys are thinking, how you're feeling. I mean, obviously, like you said, just because you all have the same skin color, doesn't you all think the same? Absolutely. So, you know, I'm sitting here listening, and I'm like, honestly, like it gets really confusing, and you hit it on the head, I think, you know, because you're working with residential kids, you are running a million businesses, you know, working on this economics, you're back here mentioning voting. You know, and it's just like, you all have your passions, you all have mm -hmm. your answers, but you know, you're like, and, and you actually- She made sense what she said, and yeah. you kind of said, and that's the problem, like, that's not the problem. Mm -hmm. We just have to find a way to make those all come together. Like, you all have your passions. That's not the problem. It's making those passions meet. Because right. I, I, I'm a foster parent, I, I foster kids, I can't, I'm a horrible business person. I can't even begin to tell you how to do that. And so, you know, if I come in there and I'm like, no, the answer is fostering kids, and people are gonna be like, I'm not fostering no kids. Like, I can't do that. But you can do what you do. And so bringing that all together, you know, it's kind of confusing because I feel like, I mean, like I said, you said it perfectly. I feel like you guys are almost, not really fighting, but kind of like button heads about what mm -hmm. the answer is. They're all the answer. Yeah. They're all the answer. They're all the answer. Now, we, we only got a few minutes left, but we're uh, going to start with you. Can, can you give us a, yeah. say what you got to say, but give us a uh, conclusion. Give us something we can leave with. First of all, there's a couple things you got to understand. There's amazing, amazing people in the world, and all of us are different. No one's going to think alike. You said everybody's got to, when Harry Tubman went on the slave trade, she had to kill black folks because they weren't ready to go on the boat. Everybody, you say you had the mission, just do your mission. Yes, if it's right, it won't work. Yes, don't worry about who's going to come with you. See, I, what I do every day, I don't worry about who's going to come in. I don't care who's going to come. Because I know it's going to be okay because I know the road I'm going to. And I know it's going to be okay. I don't worry about if I do something, somebody going to show they support me. I'm not even worried about it. Who cares if they don't come up? Because my mission is my mission. I'm doing it. I don't care who comes. And there's amazing people, everybody's not gonna ride with me. And guess what, I'm not gonna wake up in every day and try to make you ride with me, because I'm not gonna waste my energy. I don't have time for it. We always wanna go somewhere else and fix the problem. The problems is in your community, and it's in you. Nowhere else. Fix it. Right. And Can if it ain't working, try to change something else. Right. Mine's been okay, mine's working. I see kids changing, I see things, so I know it's working. We're starting a financial program called Money Masters here in about a month. We're gonna teach them about banking and everything. We're gonna teach them about building their community up, buying things, making the homes beautiful, making the lands beautiful. You have to do it. Put them in position. Right. Can you just, uh, one of you guys, just, we're closing, but just give us a solution something that we can take from here and physically use today and tomorrow, just a, a, about a minute, and we, we're gonna close it So down. it's not a solution, uh, but I am a, a, a big believer in mentoring. 
right? Um, I, I think it's important that I was having a discussion the other day, did a group, uh, told the kids, you know, I don't, I no longer supervise the residential program, so I had to ask the supervisor permission if I could do it and make a deal with them that, hey, because the uh, game council was on lockdown, hey, if I do a group with these guys or whoever wants to do a group, can they play the game council? Sure. So a few of the guys joined me downstairs. We did the group. Um, at the end of the group, one of the kids that I actually thought that I was going to have a hard time building a rapport with said to me, well, what did you do to change? That just right there let me know that he wants to change. He can't see, he can't see that change, right? So uh, I used to do a volunteer skills group at JDC. Every time I went down there, I went down there dressed up because I wanted them to see me like that because you know it, it used to be anytime you seen a black person dressed up, I'd get one or two questions. Either you was coming from church or going to church or going to say it louder or going to court. So when I'd walk in there in the kitchen, didn't know me, they'd be like, are, are you so-and-so's JCO or his lawyer? Because I'm, I'm like, why? Because we can't dress this way. And I would always point that out to them too. You know, We can't dress this way, right? Unless we're handling official business. Like unless we're going to court or, or going to church. So for me, like I said, mentoring, uh, the, the kids seeing, seeing someone who can relate to them or that they may be able to see themselves in. I tell the kids all the time, I, I never saw 42 in my head. I mean, it's not bad, I'm okay with it, but I never saw 42, and it's, and it's not like I was even out here that reckless. Right. I just, I never envisioned it. Right. So I never saw myself doing what I do and at the capacity in which I do it. So like I said, mentoring is huge. I, I, I used to, I'm, I'm, I have a big mouth and, and I'll speak my mind. That doesn't mean I'm always right. It just means I'm gonna speak my mind and how I see it. I, I try not to sugarcoat things. I'm the butcher, not the baker. I can give it to you raw and uncut. I can't sugarcoat it. Right. Especially when I'm dealing with kids who are 16, 17 and you getting ready to age into an, an adult and gonna have now adult problems. Getting out and, and getting involved in mentoring programs, people online would say, you know, all the kids, woo woo. So the first thing I'd say, my reply to their comment was, hey, great, I see you recognize that there's an issue. When can I sign you up to be a mentor? And so that's, here, a, that, that, that's an option. It, I, I think it's, like I said, it's not, a, it's not the solution, but, it's but a I think for anybody who, who really wants to see change, it's a great starting point. And, and honestly, like at the end of the day, you know, because one of the things I was getting, and I've been used as the token a lot, which I don't mind in certain situations as long as I can use it to my advantage. The token well. black person, right? Okay. You're so good with the kids. Hey, we're going to pair you with this guy <laughs> for no other reason. We're going to give you a million reasons why we're going to pair you with them. But for no other reason because, hey, he's black. You're black. You guys must get along. And I know, you know, they, and, and I'm, I'm really, I, I like to put black faces in, in front of our black youth, but at the end of the day, white guys, at the end of the day, they're gonna accept whoever shows them compassion and love. Point blank, period. Whether you're white or black. Right. Brown or otherwise. So, mentoring, if you don't, if you wanna get with me, I, I know actually a couple of mentoring programs I can get you hooked up with. All right, Leonard. All I wanna say is, uh, when people see you, be the change that you want to see. Mm. Well, easy guys. Smile. Just be the change that we all talk about. Just be. let them see the person that you want them to be, what you want to see. I grew up on food stamps, beat up, fighting, shooting, gangbanging. But God, I'm telling you, I, be the change that you want. Let them see it. If you're a Christian, they should better know you're a Christian. If you, whatever you are, they should better see it in you, man. Everybody, just be the person that you want. Just be the person that you want to see. That's beautiful. That's all I can say. Yeah. Thank you. And I want to thank you guys. And I feel like this is the beginning of another panel discussion because it's going to take longer than a few hours to decipher what's going on in our community, in this community, the black community, and, and the Quad Cities as a whole because the Quad Cities is a community type community. I mean, like you said, everybody knows everybody. And we got to get back to that. And, it's, and it takes steps. It takes steps. But creating dialogue, it's, it, you know, this is the start. But 
one thing I want to say is we have to get the youth involved. There's so many empty seats. And we, we got to bait them in. You know, we got to use bait. We got to use hip hop. You know, hip hop is a strong tool. But when we were coming up, hip hop was positive. It was about, you know, who could rhyme the best, who had the freshest Adidas on. And we have to pay attention to our children because we get into a work zone to where we're ignoring our children. So I want to thank everybody for coming out. I could talk about this all night. <laughs> um, I want to thank you guys for this opportunity. It was great. I want to thank you guys. And we're just going to keep hammering away at this thing until we find a solution. A great discussion there here at City Church in downtown Davenport as part of Alternating Currents. Uh, very interesting um, discussion on uh, on race, on community, um, on um, current situations and things of that nature. So I uh, hope you've enjoyed listening to it. And um, we're going to continue with a number of other discussions from Alternating Currents down here in downtown Davenport. Uh, Check out all the free events this weekend here in Alternating Currents, downtown Davenport, Rock Island, and Moline. Thanks a lot for listening to QC Uncut, Uncut, Unedited, Uncensored Conversation and Discussion News with Local Newsmakers. I'm Sean Leary. Hope you have a great night.